All right, in three, two, one, we're live. Hello, welcome. This is my first ever podcast that I've ever done. So welcome and thanks for being here. I um, I always wanted to start a podcast, but I never actually got around to doing it. So I don't know. They say that the hardest part is always getting started. So I figured why not just jump into it. I have no idea exactly where this podcast is going to go direction wise. I mean, I've got a couple ideas, but still things could change at any time, any moment. Um, but yeah, thanks for being here. And I thought I would just dive right into it. So welcome. Um, <laughs> the first thing I think I wanted to talk about in a podcast segment is maybe just like a little bit about myself. Why not? Because a lot of you guys who watch me, I mean, you know me, you know enough about me, but there's always going to be new people that are coming along or something like that. So some of you guys might know some of this already, but I know a lot of you guys maybe don't. But I guess I'll just talk a little bit about myself being a YouTuber, living in South Korea, making Korean content, um, switching up my content and changing a lot over the years, but it's been a lot of fun and it's been a wild ride. Um, when I started my YouTube journey almost six years ago, wow, in 2000 and 2015, wow, I was an English teacher in South Korea because that's when I moved to, <clears throat> that's when I moved to Korea was in April of 2015. And I had graduated college a little bit before that. I saved up for a few months. I just wanted to have some savings before I went to another country that I had never been to. So it was my first time ever going to Korea and it was, it was really, it was an eye-opening experience and it was a lot of fun. And um, I always told myself that if I'm gonna to go to Korea and teach English for a year, then I wanna do something productive while I'm there. And I thought, okay, well, I was a film major. I learned all types of things on how to edit videos, how to shoot them, how to produce them, how to write them, how to direct. I thought, okay, you know what? Maybe I'll work on YouTube while I'm teaching English because so many of my peers and my professors you know, recommended moving straight to LA after graduating from film school, you know, in Pittsburgh. But, you know, that's a that's like a really big decision. It's a really big choice. And a lot of people, you know, make it or break it in this industry. Um, just looking back on it now, I think it's so interesting that I am so grateful to be where I am now just to have experienced everything that I have, you know, on my journey. And looking back on it now, it's like, wow, if I could go back in time and tell a younger version of myself, like, dude, you're gonna, you're gonna try and be a full-time YouTuber. Like you're gonna get the 2 million subscribers. Like, nah, I don't think you're gonna do it. <laughs> Cause honestly, I got lucky and luck played such a huge factor in in so many different ways and so many different times. Okay, sorry about that. 
wow, it's my first podcast. I'm already like falling apart. All right, I put my phone on on a silent and won't get any more calls now. But um, yeah, you know, if I could speak to a younger version of myself who's like all inspired and like willing and so I guess like naive about you know this kind of industry and this kind of world like after doing my teaching job for a year I was doing YouTube part-time during the same time so for a year teaching English in Korea I was grinding you know on YouTube and yeah I I told myself that okay if I get to a hundred thousand subscribers before the end of my teaching contract is finished, which is one year, then I'll pursue YouTube full-time. And if I don't, then I'll just renew my contract and teach more. And then eventually get there. But, um, you know, I got really lucky because the last month of my teaching contract, I was like at 80,000 subscribers. And I'm like, oh my God, there's no way I'm getting 20,000 in a month, but I did somehow, like I uh, made this one video that kind of blew up and I got a lot of subs from that, a lot of views, and I got to 105,000 subscribers by the time my contract had just finished. So somehow I made it and it was really cool. And I felt really inspired myself. And I thought, wow, maybe I got what it takes. Maybe I, maybe I can do this. But, um, you know, just because you have a certain amount of subscribers doesn't necessarily mean that you're set. You know, it doesn't mean that your YouTube journey is set. Um, and I found that out the hard way because after, you know, not renewing my contract, finishing my teaching job, and trying to pursue YouTube full time, I moved from Busan to Seoul because that's where I was teaching English back in Busan. Oh, I miss it. I really want to go back. I haven't, I haven't been back there since, but I really miss it. Really good city. But, um, you know, I just left everything behind in Busan and I moved to Seoul, moved to the biggest city, the capital, just to pursue YouTube with my 100,000 subscribers. But like I said, just because you have a certain amount of subscribers does not mean you're set. It doesn't mean you're guaranteed the same amount of views every time or any time. No matter how many subscribers you have, doesn't mean you get paid more or less. It doesn't mean you're getting more views or less either. It really doesn't matter. So with my 100,000 subscribers, I I was making like one video a week, you know, like the Korean interview videos, Americans reacting to Korean pop videos. Um, And I was getting like hundreds of thousands of views per video, sometimes a million. But by the time that my teaching contract was done, you know, the little trend that I was doing was very niche. And by that time, it was kind of like dried up. And people had already seen enough of it that it was to a point where it just, it wasn't interesting anymore. And I've, I felt that. And so I, I wasn't sure what I could do except make the reactions more authentic, more interesting, more, I don't know, different than any other Korean type of reaction videos people were putting out. And I think I did that pretty well. But... It still wasn't enough because the trend itself was just, it was just burnt out. You know, people, people had seen it all. You know, Koreans reacting to this, Koreans reacting to that, Americans reacting to K-pop, K-pop, K-pop. You know, it's like once you've seen it once or twice, you've seen it all. It's like, it's like K-pop YouTubers who are always reacting to your faves. You know, it's like, they're always just like fangirling, you know, fanboying. It's just like, 
every reaction is like pretty much the same, right? They're just like they're just fanboying the whole time, right? It's like you know what's coming, you know what to expect. Um, it's not often that YouTubers are very like uh, give opinions that are not what you want to hear because. You know, that's how it works in, like, the K-pop reaction field. Like, the, the fandoms are so strong. That's just how it is. Um, that's one of the reasons why I never personally reacted to K-pop music, like the music videos or anything on my channel. Um, anyway, I'll get to that in a sec. So, basically, the my views were going down. My channel was dying. I had just found an apartment in Seoul. You know, my rent. I, I had to pay rent every month. I had, had a dog to pay you know, and take care of. And <clears throat> I was thinking to myself, how am I going to do this? You know, oh man, I need to do something. And that's when I started thinking, okay, you know what? I really got to change things up, but what can I do? And that's when I, I was just like, okay, you know what? Maybe I should just do this. And what I'm talking about is maybe I should just put myself in front of the camera and maybe, maybe I should react to content. Maybe I should try that. And the only reason that I started doing that is because I saw several, well, multiple other YouTubers who were much smaller than me. I saw YouTubers who were around like 10,000 subscribers, but they just started making reaction videos, reaction videos every day, sometimes twice a day. And I saw them go from 10,000 to 1 million subscribers in just like a month or two. And that was during my come up of to 100k. I was like at I was like at 50 or 60 or 70k and I saw this one channel go from 10,000 to a million all during that time. Before I even got to 100,000, I was just like, wow. Put up the, you know, like wow, I'm so jealous, you know? I I want that too. And I thought I'd never get to a million subs. So I thought to myself, well, you know what? Desperate times call for desperate measures. Maybe I'll just start reacting to stuff myself and that's what I did. And uh, that was in 2016, you know, after a year of working on my channel. In late 2016, I started reacting to things myself, putting my face in front of the camera. And I got really lucky because several videos I put out in November and December of 2016 went viral and they blew up and they exploded the growth on my channel. and. I basically, I, I was able to rebrand myself. I was able to completely change my channel. I was able to, to get an entirely new audience. Entirely. Like, I completely replaced my old audience with a newer audience, much bigger and much more vocal and, and well, I mean, my old audience was great too. I, I won't say replaced, I'll just say they they were just a handful compared to like an ocean full of these new people that I was getting. And I was so excited and I was so happy. So that's pretty much the start of my real YouTube career. And this was, you know, a few months after finishing my teaching contract and moving to Seoul. So for a few months, I was struggling. I really was. And I really wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was coming up with all these ideas. I was thinking, okay, well, you know what? I have a, pr I have a pretty good studio set up in my apartment. Maybe I can, um, maybe I can invite people over and take like professional photos for them. Cause I did have, I do have like a pretty nice camera and light set up. Maybe I can make some money that way. Uh, maybe I can do some private tutoring or something. I don't know. 
uh, I don't know. I was just thinking about how to make, you know, make a living with the performance of my channel that I was at. So I really lucked out and I'm really grateful for that. I started reacting to K-pop related stuff uh, as well as American content as well. So I pretty much always kept my content like 50-50, you know? Half would be just like normal reactions, normal American reactions that people, reaction YouTubers are reacting to. And the other half would be like K-pop related stuff that, you know, you know, K-pop fans want to see because I know that that's kind of like how I started and that, that was my core audience. Um, and it was great. And I'm really grateful that, you know, uh, so many people were tuning in. And, uh, you know, the K-pop fans really helped me get to where I am. And I'll always be grateful for that. I'll always be grateful to them for that. For you guys, <clears throat> whoever else is watching. Um, so what I was saying at the beginning, though, of the podcast, where if I could go back in time and, you know, talk to my younger self and be like, hmm. Well, Terry, what do you think now? Now would you think about starting a new channel and blah, 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 blah? And I would be like, no, <laughs> no. I do not think I could do it again in the same way because I don't know. It's just so much of YouTube and being a YouTuber is out of your control. And I've learned that at this point just by dealing with so many hassles and, you know, stops along the way. And I'm at a point now where I'm I'm very like level-headed, I think, and I'm a lot less <clears throat> stressed about the numbers than I used to be. Cuz I used to be really stressed out about the numbers, especially when I was just getting started and when I was blowing up, I always thought I had to maintain this and maintain that and keep the numbers here and keep the growth there and you know, make it make this much money or at least this much, you know? Um and anytime my videos didn't do as well as I had hoped, I would take it out on myself. I would, uh, I would tell myself that, dude, you're just, you're losing it, or you messed up. Dude, you totally messed up that video. That video's dead because of you. You picked a bad topic, or you didn't make the video good enough. I mean, to an extent that is true, it's very important about what kind of topics you choose to make a video on, and that kind of is contingent on the performance. Uh, the performance is contingent on that. But there's so much other things, there are so many other things that are still out of your control that you'll never have control of, and it's just the way YouTube works. So I've learned now to not just beat myself up about it if my videos don't perform well, because at the end of the day, if my audience is happy with the videos that I'm making and I, you know, I feel proud of the videos that I'm making and I'm happy with it and I feel like I've made a good video, then I'm happy. And my audience can see that, then I'm happy. Um, and, you know, oftentimes when you make a really good video that you're proud of and you, you just know it's good, oftentimes they, they do kind of do better, you know? Like people can tell when you're really into it versus when you're not into it, you know? Granted, there, there are times when you make a video that you didn't even try on and it just blows up, you know? It's out of your control completely. 
So honestly, there's no, there's no set of rules and regulations. So yeah, I'm at a, I'm at a place now where I'm just like, I don't care that much, you know? And that's why I feel like confident about like being able to take breaks from YouTube. I used to think like, oh my God, if I don't upload for like more than two days, like my channel's gonna die or I'm gonna miss out on opportunities I could have had by uploading that day. Like what if I uploaded something that day and that video just happened to go viral on that day or that time of the day? You know, that's how I was thinking. In a way, yeah, a small part of that is true, but it's not worth it to the extent that I was stressing out about, you know what I mean? I was stressing out way too much and it just wasn't healthy. If you guys look in my earlier videos from late 2016, I was really, really skinny. I was like, I won't say anorexic, but like I, my cheeks were sunken in and like I was so skinny and I looked so unhealthy and it was so bad. Um, now I'm at like a very normal weight. Um, I think I, I think I still look good. You know, I think I look better. Some of my friends were like, wow, Terry, you were so skinny back then. Um, but I was way too skinny, you know? I started going to the gym after, you know, like, like a year or two, like a year and a half ago. So I'm a little bit more in shape now, but I was so skinny then because I was stressing out all the time and I was forgetting to eat. So it can be a hard journey, you know? Um, yeah, so there's a lot that goes into YouTube and making videos and it is one of the most rewarding experiences I think that I've, you know, ever been able to pull off. And I, I love being a YouTuber and I love, you know, live streaming for you guys on my Twitch channel, by the way, check that out, link in the description. But um, yeah, I guess I'm just not so stressed about it anymore, you know, and I'm at a comfortable split uh, spot, place. I meant to say spot and place at the same time and I said splice. But yeah, I'm comfortable now. I can take breaks and I feel okay. Um, I changed my content a lot over the years and somehow I, I was always able to make things like kind of work out even like, even if I changed my content a bit. And it's always been surprising to me and I've always been really happy that, you know, my core audience has always stuck around and you guys are always still there. Even if I change my content because I found something that I'm more passionate about. Um, and to be honest, I probably wouldn't have changed my content so much if YouTube isn't constantly changing. You know, at the end of the day, I always want to tell a story. You know, I'm a storyteller. I majored in screenwriting. I love telling stories and I love people, you know, getting something out of that. At the end of the day, I want to tell stories. And if you look through my whole catalog of videos on my channel, you can tell that I've been through a lot of different eras of different types of content. But the one thing you can always see that's always consistent is that I'm always like trying to tell you a story, you know? Sometimes quite literally, I'm telling you a story, like a scary story or an animated, animated story time. Um, most recently, I'm you know, making commentary videos, which I haven't made for like two years. I made them briefly, but then I kind of stopped because I felt like, oh, maybe that, maybe I was being too harsh all the time and too negative. But now I'm at a spot where it's like, I'm making commentary videos, but 
I'm not like just ripping into everything. I'm really only commenting on things that are like genuinely bad. And, you know, I'm also adding humor to it. And, you know, it feels a lot better because it doesn't feel like I'm, it was starting to feel like I was almost being like, just like a hater on everything. And I don't want to be that kind of commentary channel because there's a lot of commentary channels that are like that. I never really wanted to be like that. It just felt too negative. It doesn't seem healthy for me personally. Um, but yeah, before I was making the videos that I'm making now, um, oh, and yeah, just really quickly, I'm still telling you guys a story because my content now revolves around the theme of me leaving Earth in a spaceship that I built out of my apartment and, you know, I have like this little robot sidekick. You know, it's like there's a story going on while I'm making these commentary videos for you. I'm playing my own character. I'm literally playing Terry TV. <laughs> He's gone full on character now. But, um, you know, so you guys can really see that at the end of the day, I always want to tell a story. I always want to do that for you guys. Um, before I came back to making the content I'm making now, I took a six month break from YouTube because I was really stressed out about it. You know, it was before I, you know, got to where I am now mentally because I was kind of stuck in a gripe. You know, I, uh, I made the Korean reaction videos first, right? Then I started reacting stuff myself. <clears throat> then I got kind of like tired of just like reacting to things and I wanted to be a little more creative with content. So I started reading you guys scary stories from Junji Ito and Webtoon and it was great and just reading Webtoons in general and it was awesome. My scary stories turned out to be like the bread and butter of my channel at that time and so many people loved it and were tuning in and told me how much they love when I read them stories, especially the horror ones. But I had to stop doing those because of copyright reasons. Uh, Junji Ito's licensing, international licensing company started copywriting striking, copyright striking a lot of YouTubers, me included, I got one and I, I was penalized for three months. I had that strike on my channel and I couldn't get rid of it. I mean, I could dispute it, but I'm not going to dispute Junji Ito's international licensing company. I'm going to lose if that ever goes to court. I mean, um, it is what it is. You know, that, that's, that's the price of, um, you know, using other people's content. There's always a chance that you can get a copyright strike or, you know, someone can take your video down. So it is what it is. You know, there's no point in like taking it farther. I just stopped making the videos because I had to. And it was a good indicator to me that I had to move on to something else. So after that, I started making a little more commentary videos, but I only did that briefly because like I said, it was starting to feel like I was just kind of hating on everything. And then I started doing storytime animation videos. Those blew up. Those were great. But eventually I stopped doing those too. And I went back to doing my normal reaction videos. But why did I stop doing the storytime animated videos? Well, because I had problems with, um, well, I didn't have problems with my first two artists that were making my original animated videos, but, you know, eventually they had to go back to school. So I was like, okay, no problem. I'll, I'll hire, you know, new people. And I thought it would be okay, but it wasn't okay. Cause the art style changed. People weren't really cool with that. I mean, it was kind of cool. It was okay. But then I hired this one artist who was like really bad, um, 
treated me really bad, was really disrespectful, was just really unprofessional. And, you know, that's what I get for hiring just like, you know, 19-year-olds, you know, freshmen in college. You know, people at that age, like, let's just be real. Like, you don't know anything about life. You don't. You're still a kid. And kids are dumb. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. You don't know more than people, like, that are, like, in their late 20s. You don't know more about life because you haven't experienced it. There's no way you could experience it because you're just not old enough to. You ha- you, you can't sh- possibly have this, you know, as much life experience because you just, you're not old enough to have experienced as much. You know what I mean? The saying, old people are wise, it doesn't come from nowhere. It's because older people have lived long enough to experience more. So it's really condescending when you try to work with somebody who's like 18, 19, and they they act like they just know everything and that they're better and they're always trying to pull a card on you, be like, well, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't do that to me, blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't talk to me like that because uh, this is a... Uh, this is uh, technically not how I should be treated, blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, I just asked you if you could work a little bit faster because we have deadlines to meet. That's, you know, it's part of your job. Um, you know, if you ask anybody I work with, I think I'm extremely professional and I try really hard to be really, really nice. I'm overly nice with people I work with. People have told me, Terry, you're too nice. So it's what I get for getting screwed over, you know? It's, I had it coming, I'm too nice. But anyway, had a falling out with that, with one artist, and she was just, she just quit on me without giving me any notice. And you know how hard it is to find a new artist all of a sudden? Uh, so for a month, I was like, I couldn't work. I, you know, couldn't do anything because I was searching for new people. So she really screwed me over, and, you know, she, uh, she, she uh, recommended that I, hire two of her friends to be like her assistants to help her with sketching and line art. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I said yes, because I wanted to make her job as easy as I could. I was willing to hire extra people to help her and pay extra money. So I hired her friends. And then when we had some disagreements, she was just like, ah, Terry, I'm going to quit. Bye. And I'm taking my friends with me. So please don't bother messaging them, trying to stick around because they're coming with me. It was just, ah. Uh... Look, she was a bitch. I'll just say it. She was a bitch. Never want to work with people like that. So that that was honestly traumatizing. Like, I still get anxiety from that situation. It was so bad. Um, yeah, I don't. Ta- I never talk about it publicly because what's the point? You know, I'm, I wasn't going to make a dedicated video about it. All right, I'm kind of... This is turning into a rant now. I don't want to stay on this subject too long, but... Yeah, so I just, you know, got screwed over for that, and that really messed up my whole animated series era, and that made me lose a lot of momentum, and it made me want to change up my business model of instead of always doing story times about my own stories, I thought, you know what, it's not gonna, this isn't gonna work, like, oh, blah, I should, um, I can't tell stories about myself forever, let alone always keep the same art style. You know, the art style is probably going to keep changing because people are going to come and go, I thought. So I started making stories about, started animating your guys' stories, my subscribers' stories, and that was okay for a while, but eventually, you know, that got boring too, I think. People were bored of that. So I thought, okay, well, 
Maybe it's time I just go back to my old reaction videos, cause I was happy making them, and I did try new things. Maybe it's time to go back. So I did. I went back. And things were good for a while then. But then all of a sudden, in like the middle of April in 2020, YouTube like flipped a switch and all of my views got just cut in half. Like everything just like was halved. And I have no idea what happened still to this day. Because typically if your views get cut in half or something, it typically means you've changed your content drastically all of a sudden. And I didn't change it all of a sudden. I'd been making my normal reaction. I, I went back to making my reaction videos for months, for like four months. So I didn't do anything all of a sudden, yet all of a sudden something happened. And so that's when I was just kind of done with YouTube at that point and I was just like, I need a break. And I need to really consider if I wanna keep doing this, you know, like, this is so stressful. This is so difficult. Like, I love, you know, what comes with this job, but sometimes the stress is not worth. So for six months, I took a break. I tried other things. Um, I still continue to live stream for you guys on my Twitch channel. So, you know, you guys that are following me there, thank you so much. You've kept me in a good spot and it was great just having people to talk to and and listen. So thank you guys who follow my live stream. But um, yeah, you know, it's um, it's an experience. Anyways, eventually I planned my comeback to YouTube and I did, I came back and I planned this whole, you know, concept of me being fed up with YouTube as well as Earth. And I just, that's when I came up with the idea of like, what if I become a commentary channel where I still am making my reaction videos, but more commentary style with a little bit of animations in them? Then it's kind of like a mix of everything that everybody's wanted. I thought, okay, maybe that could work. So I really worked hard on the concept and came up with a lot of ideas and went back and forth on a lot of ideas and scrapped some ideas. But ultimately I came out, came up with what I have now, you know? a guy who was fed up with Earth, so he turned his apartment into a starship and left. And uh, now he reacts to content from Earth, uploads it to the intergalactic feed, and aliens are all watching. And Earth is now the laughingstock of the intergalactic community. I love it. I think it's great. I think that you could make a movie about that or something, or a show or a webtoon or something, but don't steal my idea. <laughs> So yeah, I came back to YouTube and you know, the first month, the first full month of being back on YouTube was the best month that I've had in like a year and a half since, since when I was uploading, like even when I was uploading, you know? So I had like a lot of growth. I had, a, I got a lot of views. I made a lot of money, you know? Um, and I thought to myself, wow. I guess I, I guess I really can come back. I guess I really do have what it takes maybe, and maybe I can keep doing this. Now, I haven't uploaded all of January and it, we're already halfway into February, but um, that's kind of because like after coming back with such, you know, a great month, I was just kind of like, 
I don't know, not demotivated per se, but just comfortable. Like I'm okay with not uploading all the time because now I know, or at least now I hopefully can come back and always be like, okay, you know, I'm not going to starve. Um, so yeah, that's why I took January off. Um, and well, I'm, I'm still off. It's middle of February. I'm, I'm planning to actually come back to YouTube next week or so, but, um, yeah, that's the main reason why I just took a month off. I was like, wow, I can literally take six months off and then come back and have a great month. Maybe I'll take this month off too. Because I already made enough money to pay for this month and next month of like what I'd normally make. So, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like, okay, you know what? I, I deserve a break. <laughs> I did good. That was a good comeback. All right, break time. But, um, yeah, you know, I been working with other, you know, brands outside of YouTube, especially Webtoon. Webtoon's great. I've been making, um, you know, Webtoon explainer videos for their channel, just these short, like, two-minute videos talking and introducing new series. Um, and it's great, you know? I love working with, with other brands, and I love, um, you know, like, making these little commercials because I've always wanted to do, like, voiceover work, and I'm kind of doing it there. I mean, I'm still showing my face, but I don't know. It's like I'm making like a little commercial, so it's kind of cool. And I get paid for it, so I like it. Um, yeah, so, you know, I don't know. I'm in just like a pretty good spot now. I'm satisfied. I'm happy. Um, and I'm thankful once again because I think everything that's happened, I've learned something along the way. So it's all been an experience. Anyways, so that is what it's like being a YouTuber. <clears throat> and that's pretty much the gist of my journey so far. I don't know where I'll be in the future and how good it'll be and how much longer I'll keep doing this. I don't know. Maybe I'll do it forever. Maybe not. I don't know. But stay tuned. Thank you for being here. If you're new, I hope you stick around and uh, let me know if you want more podcasts. I have no idea what I'm talking about, <laughs> but um, thanks for watching, guys. And until next time, I will see you in the next one. Bye bye.